0: everyone, and welcome to this edition of Liz Collin Reports, a place for meaningful Minnesota conversations.
1: You know, I'd like you to go a little bit deeper, and it fits in nicely with the conversations we've been having on the show this morning and, and looking at looking at long term.
0: How... On the podcast, you'll likely recognize his voice from Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, but we have John Justice in studio today. Thank you so much for being here, John.
1: Thank you so much for
0: having me. I've been on your show just, just a few times, but I thought, hey, let's bring him in and we can have a, a conversation about really all you've been through, a very mm. di- difficult time. In your life, um, there is a lot, lot to get to. But I thought maybe we start with the, the passing of your uh, longtime colleague, and more importantly, your best friend, Drew Lee.
1: Yeah, um, it's been, it's been the hardest, you know, couple of months of of my of my life, to be honest with you. Even even with my my health issues that I've that I've dealt with, I was in the middle of recovering from my third open heart surgery uh, when I uh, got the call from my wife that Drew had had passed surreal in the in the moment for and I, for an obvious abundance of, of reasons you know I'm in the in the hospital dealing with what I'm dealing with and then to be completely blindsided uh, by this uh, came as a just as a, a huge shock and in a lot of ways it still is it still is really surreal to me that he's no longer uh, with us anymore uh, and uh, you know I've had a really good support group. Um, around me, between my family and the people at work, uh, with everything that's, uh, that's gone on. But um, yeah, it certainly has not been been easy by any stretch of the imagination.
0: So this was the end of June, and he passed at just the age of 49, some cardiac issues that we know now. But how do you want people to, to remember him?
1: The thing that I always say is to meet Drew was to know Drew and to have a new friend he was just that welcoming of of everybody it was just it was a it was a gift that he had uh, he wanted people around him to be comfortable uh, anybody who was in studio i think can can attest to that as as well one of the most understanding and kind people that i that i ever met you know we had a friendship going back to you know almost 15 years he hired me when I transitioned out of music radio into talk radio in Tucson, and um, from that moment on, we just became best friends and maintained that friendship all the way until I arrived here um six years ago but um he was just a, he was he was a great and, and loving guy and um uh, and really special and it was just uh just heartbreaking that we that we lost him so soon
0: I think for listeners, it's difficult to find that kind of chemistry on radio uh, on television and and you guys had that
1: yeah. Well, and it extended, I mean, when people listen to the show and they heard us doing the show, it wasn't two individuals hosting a show together, which is typical. It was really two best friends. And that's a rarity. Um, I've worked in a few teams throughout my career, um, maintaining friendships with them, obviously, because you're spending as much time as you would with your significant others. But it went beyond that for the two of us. And I think that's what made what we did on the air sound so special and unique was because it really was two best friends just, you know, talking about the stories of, uh, of, of the day.
0: And I love these words in his obituary online. It said, to honor Drew, think of him when you enjoy a cold beer, play board games, or watch a Star Wars movie. True. Yeah. yeah. I think
1: yeah, he was actually more Star Trek, to be honest with you. He <laughs> kind of leaned more, like, well, I was more the Star You tried to Wars. You tried to make Star him, Trek. you yeah. tried to pull him your way? Yeah. yeah. No, he, I mean, and that was one of the things that we shared a love of. I mean, with our... You know, shared interest in in politics, obviously, and, um, you know, at the core, you know, sharing most of the same ideologies when it comes to that. Um, Apart from that, just in life, we just had a ton in common. Um, Maybe not so much on the music front of things, but certainly within our our movies and our love of of comedy as as well.
0: How about you medically? How are you doing now? And how do doctors feel uh, you're doing now after all you've been through there? (laughs) Uh, I I think
1: I'm doing okay. Um, This was a really... Unique situation, um, you know. I had valve replacement surgery and a uh, correction for an ascending aortic aneurysm uh, back in two thousand nine, and after a heart attack. Right. So yeah, I had a heart attack, and that's how they found out. When um, it was when when the doctor actually pulled me in. Um, to sort of tell me what was going on, he had told me, you know, you have, oh, you have an enlarged aorta, and I thought, oh, that's cool, I have a big heart. And he's like, no, no, that's a bad, not a good thing. That's not, that's not a good thing. Um, so that was in 2009 and 2012. They discovered that the graft they put in had a leak, so they went in and sealed it. And then it turned out that I had another leak in the same graft, which is why I went through this this last surgery. Um, all of the surgeons um, are confident that they have fixed it. And um, it shouldn't be an issue for the rest of, of my life. It's a little, you know, scary.
0: Something to think about. Yeah, you can't help you can. but not. not to.
1: But in terms of my recovery, you know, it's it's been a little bit more difficult this time. Uh, being 10 years from the last one, you know, getting older is not easy, easier. <laughs> um, and anytime you go through this many surgeries and have to deal with it, it just becomes harder. But um, I actually just saw my surgeon last week and he was pleased with how things were going in my recovery and, you know, feeling a little bit better um, every day. So.
0: Well, that that's certainly good to hear. Uh, what can you tell listeners about just the show moving forward? I know you said that you worked, you know, solo before, sure. so that's kind of the plan to go back to.
1: Yeah, we're we're kind of keeping it open right now. Um, this is something that I've you know have almost ten years experience in doing and hosting a talk show by myself. The only person that I ever really wanted to host a show with was Drew. Um, I'm open-minded about potentially bringing somebody on, uh, in the future. And that is, uh, an option. Um, my goal right now has simply been to make sure that we don't violate the expectation of the listener, um, in what they expect from, from the show. You don't want too much change. Right yeah. Now. You know, on twin cities news talk, but at the same time, it's, it's going to be different. There's no avoiding that, you know, without drew there and that, camaraderie that we had on top of the fact that sam who'd been there since the beginning our producer also left about two months ago a Um, lot of changes yeah uh, but i've been really pleased with the response so far in doing the show that we're doing now Uh, and i I feel like moving forward i'm confident that the listeners while it's going to be a different listening experience it's still going to be one that they absolutely enjoy
0: and an experience that no doubt will be focused on politics with the the primary just ahead next week. We're less than 100 days away from yeah. the midterm. What, what's your take going into this political season? You know, it's such a massive question mark.
1: You know, you want to be able to look at the landscape and try to extrapolate what's going to happen. But we are in such a different time right now in terms of politics Uh, in in pop culture as well. And I think they all kind of intermix Um, the way the social media has exploded, how we receive our information, you know, how that information is disseminated. Now, it just it it doesn't provide any points of reference. It's almost impossible to look back at at another election cycle to say, well, this is like it was back in because we've just never been in a period like this right now. Um, I'd like to believe that people are ready for change. And that people um, are ready to, you know, head to whether it's the primaries or coming up in, in November with the midterms, are ready to go and make their voices heard. And what we're seeing, you know, and the way things are heading in terms of polling is accurate. But at the same time, you just cannot be confident in how people really, truly feel once they actually go to vote.
0: And I think you guys have a good pulse on Minnesotans specifically. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you had more listeners after COVID, after the, after the riots? Did you feel, you know, that change in the air in Minnesota?
1: Well, there was, there was a number of different dynamics in play because so much of the listeners' habits changed. Um, with the lockdowns and how long they went on for. Because um, they're not driving into work. They're not driving exactly. home from work. Exactly. Sure. And, you know, we're all, we're, we're for the most part, all creatures of habit. So I think it's taken a while for people to sort of transition into the habits that they had before. Uh, thankfully, as of late, it seems like we're we're the audience is growing again. And I think that's in large part due to the fact that we're in the middle of this election cycle and people are looking, people are interested. Yeah. Pe- people want to hear some different views and, and opinions. And I'm really proud of the fact that in terms of what we do on the show on Twin Cities News Talk, I feel like we're kind of the only game in town right now that's providing this type of, of commentary on the news of the day. So um, like I said, kind of with all the changes, I, I'm confident moving moving forward. But COVID was certainly, I mean, even a struggle within talk radio, just in how do we adjust to the different lifestyles of the listeners and, you know, how they respond to the show and how they react to the show. And we have new ways that we're talking with listeners now that we've never been able to utilize before that's really fun and exciting. So The
0: talkback feature we love. Exactly. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: <laughs> the audience has changed, yeah. you know, for the most part. Right. Well, this provides an opportunity for people to... You know, via our iHeartRadio app, they can leave a 30-second message and we can pull those down and play them on the air whenever we want. And, you know, people's habits have changed of calling into shows. It's less and less. But now people have the opportunity to do this without having to talk to somebody else. It's really short. So it's really opened up the doors for people who don't typically respond to shows like ours and people who we call are fans of the show rather than friends of the show uh, to also call and make their voices heard, which I love playing on the air. And
0: I think you can tell, too, that the audience is engaged Mm -hmm. and and they're passionate about what they're talking about. And that's really all a a radio talk show host can want. Yeah.
1: It's great to be able to get that kind of response because, you know, I want to hear from the audience. We've always wanted to hear from the audience. We always wanted that audience to be another member of the of the show. And and like I said, people's habits changing and people's reluctance to call in. Now they've got this other opportunity through their phones to communicate with us. It's it's really opened up a lot of doors.
0: And I think too, it can it can be set in our ways, and it can become a bit of an echo chamber. But it's also a, a venue that you can you know offer differing opinions right. and and entertain um, that as well. And on that note. Um, you know, because you guys can be pretty hard on Minnesota politics. We can be here uh, on Alpha News as well. I feel like, you know, just a, an endless supply of material, frankly. <laughs> um, but but why do you, uh, you know, you know s- still live here and call Minnesota home? There's certainly good things uh, about this place, too.
1: Sure. No, I've really grown to to love it here. Um, and, you know, the the political landscape isn't anything that's particularly new, Um, You had it in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I was in the bluest part of of Arizona when I was in Tucson. So uh, in terms of not being the majority of opinion, if you will, in terms of politics, um, it's not it's not a huge, a huge difference. Uh, But I like the challenge, too. And and being able to provide, you know, a voice for the people out there that feel like that their voices aren't typically typically heard. And, you know, it's for lack of a better word, it's a lot more fun. To cover politics in a state like this, um, not to mention the state has a lot to offer, and myself and my family, my sons and my wife, have really grown to to love it here and started to put roots down as roots down as well.
0: I think you must be the coolest dad around. I'm just guessing. You're totally fine with calling yourself a nerd, oh, big yeah. Star Wars fan, uh, As we know, the author of a sci-fi series. Mm-hmm. Uh, too, but are these kind of your passion projects? Is this what keeps you sane in a way? <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: to to a certain extent. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I was a fan of Star Wars before I was a fan of anything. I saw the first movie in the theater when I was five years old, and um, one of the things that I'm worst at it was is writing. My grammar is atrocious, uh, but I challenged myself going back to 2015. Um, I had a story in mind. I wanted to know what it was like to kind of be like George Lucas to create my own universe. And I challenged myself to write a book just planning on it being one because I'm so bad at writing. I mean, Drew used to have to rewrite my blogs that we did when we first started working together (laughs) to try to get like an understanding of what I was trying to say my writing was so bad. I feel like I've gotten better since then. Um, But yeah, it was really just a creative outlet. Um, I started the the series before I got here and I finished the first book after I arrived here and um, really just found it to be so rewarding. Uh, that I ended up writing seven books in the uh, in the series. I plan on writing more. But now with the changes on the show, I don't necessarily have as much time as I did before. And that was part of the dynamic, too, was it was a good creative outlet. Um, And doing the show with Drew, you had another individual there that was shouldering half of the workload. So it really provided me the opportunity to spend time during the day to write that I don't have, which is fine right now, because I like focusing on the show, but I do find it
0: really rewarding. So are you the cool dad? I think so. Just don't ask, though. Yeah, I wouldn't. Don't, you don't ask even them, want. You, you know, know, sometimes I mean, you don't want to know the answer. Yeah,
1: I just you know. I mean, it may look that way. I mean, I my, my boys are the best. You know, I'm I'm probably doing them a disservice because I'm more of the nerdy dad than I am the the, the sort of the sports enthusiast. But uh, my uh, my oldest Logan uh, just turned uh, 20 and uh, just completed and got his pilot's license which is I'm I'm, awesome. I'm I'm tremendously proud of.
0: As you should be. And
1: then my 15-year-old uh, is is working part-time and came home yesterday with more nerf guns. So <laughs> you tell me what that means. Both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming in and I know um, people can follow you on social media, mm-hmm. you're easy to find and your website too is mynerdworld. .net.
1: Yeah, that's my yeah that's my own personal thing. I do a Star Wars podcast on the weekends. Um, and stuff I write about for the books is on there um, as well. And then on Twitter, it's at John J.O.N. Justice. They can, they can find me there.
0: John Justice, thank you for being here and for opening up. And I know it's been a difficult period in your life.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Anytime you want me back, I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, come and talk with you.
0: I actually like it a little bit better when I can come in. The, the role reversal is is nice. Yeah, you know? no, I, I like it better this way too. So I don't <laughs> yeah. know where that leaves us at yeah, this the, point in time. That's awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you. Great to see you. And remember to listen to John from six to nine on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 each weekday. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify or any other podcast platform. We'll see you next time.